Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. Uh, here we are in uh, sunny Nottingham, the rescue rooms. Uh, and it gives me uh, great pleasure to be backstage and chatting to the one and only Mr. Billy Sheen of Sons of Apollo. Billy, how are you doing? I'm good, Steve. Thank you for coming out on this beautiful, glorious day in, in, yes. in uh, Nottingham. In Nottingham, indeed. And of course, it does make a change for the sun to be shining. Uh, and uh, quite at Sons of Apollo, I've been back uh, here in the UK, sort of been doing bits of uh, in and out over the last week or so, rambling man, and then back for your uh, official headline dates. The uh, schedule has been grueling. <laughs> yes. Really grueling. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah. And uh, so I've been uh, uh, doing my best to uh, stay up, uh, healthy, and uh, capable of performing in the shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Uh, I've been doing it a long, long time, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can do just about anything. Yeah, indeed. But it, it just seems to be a bit of a, a hectic schedule that you've uh, set for yourself as well. It's certainly for the, the Sons of Apollo dates, the festivals, and then obviously the, the headline dates as well, certainly around Europe. Yeah. Well, I, I went out with Mr. Big. Yeah. We did Australia, China, Southeast Asia. I flew from Hong Kong to France to start with Sons of Apollo. We've been doing all over Europe and the UK. I fly home for a short break, then I do more Mr. Big. Yeah. Then I know more Sons of Apollo. Yeah. Then more Mr. Big, more Sons of Apollo, and then, <laughs> and then it's Christmas. Yeah, all right, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, because you're back over here uh, in a few weeks' time with uh, Mr. Big for Bloodstock Festival as well, yeah, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of that sort of scheduling and obviously uh, a, a well-seasoned uh, musician, so sort of getting into the mindset of, okay, it's Sons of Apollo, uh, and then, you know, sort of switching into the mindset of uh, it's Mr. It's a Mr. Big gig. Is it sort of a second nature and natural for you? Yeah, I've always played uh, a lot of different styles and a lot yeah. of different bands. Yeah. You know, I have a, a side project I do called Niacin, which is just like yeah. a blues, jazz, yeah. dance chambers on drums. Yeah. Amazing uh, drummer. And I've uh, got up on stage with the Last International the other day. They're a band that's kind of a, a trio, dear friends. Got yeah. And jammed a song with them. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I've never been a. Genre snob. Yeah, yeah, I like all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I like all kinds of stuff. But yeah. I just moved to Nashville, and don't worry, you won't see me doing any country. Oh, right. well, that's, that's not a bad thing about that, about country. I suppose it just depends if it's the traditional or the more sort of uh, country rock end of the spectrum. That's not a bad thing necessarily, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually did play on a country record uh, about two years ago. A young lady who was a friend asked me to play. Yeah. And, of course, I went into the session, and she... Use some like famous producer from Nashville, right? And so I, when I walked in, he kind of rolled his eyes like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> so I purposely my goal in that session was to walk out and have him, have him be thrilled with what I did. Right. So when I played it, it was so straight oh. and righteous and root fit. The, the court, you know. And uh, he was happy. I made him happy, so that's all. That was my goal, to come out of there. Uh, indeed. I, you, I remember seeing you guys. You came over when you did a, a, a short spell with uh, Devil Slingshot. Yeah. Uh, with Virgil uh, and Tom McAlpine. Right. Uh, and I've always been longing to see you guys sort of get back together and, you know, do something like that again. Is that ever sort of been on the cards or...? Not, not necessarily. That's a few years ago. One way or the other. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I would love to. I love playing with Virgil. Tony is, of course, a dear friend from the very early days yeah yeah he was a matter of fact I was working on Eat Him and Smile took a break and ran out and recorded his very first record yes uh, yeah. Yeah, as you said yeah 
So we uh, and we're dear friends for a long, long time. Who knows? Who knows what tomorrow may be? <laughs> indeed, indeed. But of course, uh, sort of uh, in the here and now, Sons of Apollo, Psychotic Symphony, uh, getting some significant critical acclaim. It's been out for a while now, but sort of for me and for fans out there, great to see that. Uh, and it, uh, sort of the tour that you're doing is more than just like the one London date. Certainly for people like myself as well. You, do, you know, you're doing a few dates in the UK, you're away, and then you're coming back to do more dates later this year as well. So yeah, it's been a it's been a grueling schedule. I like I said, I can put up with anything. I can do anything. Yeah. Uh, especially if the venues are decent. Yeah. Decent dressing rooms. I could go for years. <laughs> a good bus, decent venues. I could stay out permanently. Yeah. But it gets a little trying when sometimes, like tonight, it was quite a small place, and last night it was quite small too. Right. Last night there was really no dressing room, so fortunately there's a hotel down the street. Yeah. I bought myself a room. Right. Because I had my own little dressing room. <laughs> Walked to the gate from there. So, uh, but if conditions are right, I can do anything. Yeah. For as long as necessary, and I love to play live. I live to play live. Yeah. My whole youth, all I did was play. Like from about uh, seventeen or eighteen years old. Yeah. I played every. My original band, Talos, we did, um, our record was 21 Nights in a Row. That's full on singing, harmony, Three Dog Night, Beatles, uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash, all that stuff, all night long. Uh, We did three full shows in one day. Right. One time. Morning, downtown Buffalo, a special uh, show for the, some bank opening. Then we went in the afternoon and played opening, or after a Buffalo Bills practice session, we played for the crowd. Right. And that night we played the Club Lakewood in Niagara Falls. So we yeah. had three full shows, a set up, play, tear down, set up, play, tear down, set up, play. So oh, we, wow. so that's the, that's the work ethic, if you will, Indeed, yeah, yeah. that I'm used to yeah. uh, from the early days. Yeah. So I, I love to play live. Yeah. Studio is cool, writing songs is fun, I guess, and it's all good, but being on deck, yeah. being on stage, yeah. for me, that's, that's, that's yeah. what it's at. I mean, I mean, in terms of that sort of, like you say, uh, sort of, uh, well-seasoned and, and playing live, uh, and obviously, you know, we're sat here talking now, we've got the bass there, we're sort of doing that sort of elements of one, I suppose, but do you find that, uh, are you still learning things and, you know, sort of still learning from experiences of each night and each gig? Well, not so. Well, not so much the gig. The gig itself is pretty much uh, dialed in, right? Uh, you know, getting to the stage, getting on the stage, getting to the show, getting off the stage. That's that's pretty. That's pretty Stop. military. We yeah, got yeah, that, I got that yeah. down. Uh, but but musically, uh, the adventure thankfully never stops. Yeah. I mean, I'm always coming up with some new challenge. Yeah. New thing. Uh, I take my iPhone here and I prop it up against the uh, arm of the couch and yeah. put it on uh, selfie video. Yeah, indeed. And explain to my phone while it's watching me and my hands on the neck. Okay, uh, the chorus is like a. But when it gets to the bridge, it switches to. And I'm going to do the. and write yeah. songs and music. Or there's this thing, uh, it's a four handed, uh, it's a four finger. But you switch it between three and four. Into some, to turn it into a and, I, and I've got hundreds of little snippets right. like that yeah. so every day is a I learn some new thing Yeah. now when I do my base clinics once in a while I often say every single day I come up with a new thing and then when I speak those words I think do I really? and then sure enough I look at, I look at, at my uh, folder of videos and yeah. Like, yeah I do yeah. as crazy as it seems so well, as soon as you get to the top of one mountain, you see the, the, the next one to climb, and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love learning. 
uh, new stuff, uh, seeing a great musician on their instrument, even though it's not a bass or or it's not rock or yeah. whatever. It just, yeah. It's just inspiring to me, and I want to want to take from it and borrow from it and. Uh, learn from it yeah so it's, it's a fantastic thing yeah I mean in terms of like you mentioned there uh, clinics I remember attending one of your base clinics many year, years ago oh, yeah. back in my hometown literally about sort of 40 miles down the road from here what town was it uh, it was uh, Doncaster place called Doncaster yeah and there was a music store there it was yeah what's uh, the name of it music ground and it was like store. a house with like three or four stories yeah that's the one yeah. is it still there uh, the building is but the, the shop's uh, shut oh, down man. now oh man yeah. is that when I was like in Wonderland yes because there yeah. were uh, uh, the, the, all the Old we now stuff. got vintage. That's right. Yeah. Where is it now? Uh, they, they moved to London, but I think it's just—I think it's pretty much closed down now. I think they tried sort of an element of it online. Wow. Uh, but it's uh, no longer well, in existence. Well, I remember that. Because oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was around the time of. It might have been around the trial of O.J. Simpson. Seems Could to ring a bell, you know. And it's, so that's going back a few years. That is a few so years. I remember in the back of my mind, I wanted to maybe try and get a Hofner bass, right? A bell, Paul McCartney bass, because yeah. of course I'm in England. And uh, that's where he's from, yeah. and uh, they're here. So yeah. I looked at a bunch, and unfortunately, a lot of them were just beat senseless. Yeah, yeah. The veneer yeah. was coming loose, and the necks were twisty and windy. And, I, yeah. uh, and plus, they wanted a fortune for them. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I went to the base center in London on that trip. Right. And hanging on a wall was not the Paul McCartney version, but the Stuart Sutcliffe right. version right. of the Hoffner base. Yeah. And I said, How much you want for that? And they go, oh, I don't know, 250 pounds sold. <laughs> <laughs> so, good deal. So I still got it. So oh, right. I from that trip. So are you an avid collector of vintage stuff then? Not so much, because right. I don't know enough about... That's a kind of a whole separate area of expertise. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of old instruments. I've got that. I've got an Epiphone Rivoli bass, is what Paul Samuel Smith used on the cover of the Yardbirds. All right. And a couple of For Your Love album and having a rave up with the Yardbirds. He's has an Epiphone Rivoli bass, and I wanted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This pickup on my bass, the one that's by the neck, yeah. which makes it a double output instrument, that was inspired by that oh, bass right, okay. by Paul Samuel Smith. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a uh, 1968 Telecaster neck. Right. All the necks on these attitude bases that I have here, folks in Radio Land, that in my lap, they're, they're all designed after the 1968 oh, Telecaster right. neck because it's a big, fat yeah, baseball yeah. bat. Yeah. And you can always sand it down smaller if you want. But having all that extra wood there is just super great. So yeah. I have a 68 Tully bass. And I have uh, I have uh, an old Hagstrom bass. Right. Which, which is the first bass I got before I got my first P bass. Yeah. And it was just a little three-quarter size toy. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's kind of it's all plasticky and stuff. But it's kind of, it has a sentimental yeah. value to me. But that's about it. Other than that, I don't have much in the way of... Uh, Vintage, right? Would you say that you're a bit of a sort of a, 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 a gear guy? Then are you a gear Absolutely. guy? Yeah, yeah, gear audio guy. I was uh, in the early days. I needed things, and there was no one that could do them or knew about them. So I had to learn how to do it myself. Yeah. So I began to learn as much as I could about audio engineering and all these things. So when I spoke to audio engineers, I could speak their language and explain to them what I wanted. Yeah. So from the early days, I had custom preamps and custom gear yeah. made and designed for me from way early on. So it, uh, that's been a big help up into recent times to really explain what's going on yeah. to the next generation of people I'm trying to talk with yeah. to get things made and done. Because the whole point of it is to custom make the gear so that life is easier for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You hear what you want to hear. Yeah, indeed. So uh, it, it hasn't been uh, uh, too difficult to struggle, but there's been times when it's been I've, I've had to work hard to get what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Now, I mean, uh, just uh, if we can sort of focus on uh, on the, the music for uh, a minute, and uh, I know that your time is valuable, so I'll still try not to keep you too much longer. But in terms of that, uh, the release of um, uh, Psychotic Symphony, as I say, Sons of Apollo, is that something that you, uh, as a band, are hoping to continue for sort of uh, further releases? Sure. Because you're all extensively involved in lots of other areas as well. So. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the way it is these days, too. I remember when the... Back on the... Uh, mid-80s I forget what band it was but I had heard that one of the guys in the band had a side project and I said side project what's that <laughs> yeah. and then people began because usually we get in a band that'd be your band forever yeah. that'd be it maybe yeah. you do a jam with somebody here and there but, but it's not like that as much anymore no. so people had to kind of get used to that in, in the fact that uh, there's a lot of a lot of things you can do yeah. a lot of things you can do uh, Mr. Big is kind of my heart and soul um, that's the band I had the most success with Absolutely. ever. Yeah, and uh, but we're not a full time band. We you know we just can't go out and tour nonstop. Yeah, just not like that. Yeah, we're, we're older now. We don't just don't do that. So I got all this time. Like I said before, I got to play live. Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, Winery Dogs, my favorite band. I love the Winery Dogs. Yeah. It's so great. So uh, Richie wanted to do some things, and we wanted to give it a break for a while so it didn't get stale and it would be new to us all the time. Yeah. We will do more Winery Dogs for sure. We, we all love the band. Yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, Mike started this thing, and, I, and he goes, you want to play with me, Derek? And I'm going to get Jess Got Soto and Ron on guitar. Like, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, why not continue them all? You know, it's yeah. great. Yeah. I suppose that's, a, in one sense, it's the nature of the music industry now anyway, in terms of uh, uh, for, for certain uh, musicians to make a living and to, and to continue to have the opportunity to play, as you say, because bands don't tour and uh, yeah. as much as that from back in the 80s, I suppose, releasing albums, not sort of an album cycle of two or three years, but every 12 months, every 18 months with something coming out. Yeah. And then yeah, so it, the, the, the music is, industry has changed, of course. I like it because it's relying now more on live than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Because I like, I, like I've, uh, I've said way too much already. Yeah. How much I love live. Uh, that, that's great for me because I, I do love performing and yeah. playing no matter what. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we we all get along very well in the band. It's, uh, we all enjoy it. It's an exciting night of uh, hot, sweaty, uh, challenging playing, but yes. entertaining. Yeah, entertaining too. It's not a we're not shoegazing, and we're not. Uh, you know, just so wrapped up in what's going on yeah. on our instruments and not notice there's people standing up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some bands are, and for so, but yeah. it, it, so it's the entertaining, entertaining factor of it is, yeah. uh, is uh, enjoyable. Yeah, and I mean, you just mentioned there, Richie, Richie was here a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we're doing a solo gig here in the rescue rooms as well. Great. Yeah, which was about sort of uh, two weeks ago. So a bit more from Wiry Dogs in the future then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I've got a UFO t-shirt on, which yes, you notice know, as we walked in, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if it's one of those sort of weird internet facts, but were you uh, associated with UFO for a short period of time? Yeah, I did their uh, Making Contact tour. Ah, right. I came, uh, actually prior to that in 79, maybe prior to that, my band Talos opened up for UFO yeah. in Buffalo, New York. UFO yeah. and ACDC were touring together. Yeah. And UFO got stuck at the border coming over Canada. Right. So ACDC did a show on their own. And then when UFO came in, ticket sales were a little slow. Yeah. So the local promoter asked us to go on, on uh, open the show. Yeah. 
So we did, saw UFO, met him and everything like that. And Michael Schenker saw me play. So when Michael left the band, yeah. I got a call from his manager. They wanted to fly me to England in 79 to work on his first record. Right. So I went there, did all the pre-production, rehearsals, stuff like that. Michael, unfortunately, was not in a very good way. Yeah. He was you know, emotional, kind of a wreck after leaving the band. Yeah. Also, I ended up not playing. It was me and Danny Carmasi. Right. We played Montrose, then played with Hart for years also. Yeah. We were the two Americans there. And we worked as long as we could, and then it kind of fell apart, so we went home and didn't complete it. Uh, so then the UFO guys knew of me also. Yeah. So the, a couple of years later, 1983, they're doing the Making Contact tour. Pete Way left, so they called me, so I came and rehearsed with them. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I, on the way over, you know, I listened to everything. I gave them the whole set list of songs. Yeah. I listened to all of them. I learned them all. I knew them all. I had them down completely. I thought I was going to rise to the challenge and play. And I get, I get to the rehearsal, you know, about 11 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, Keen. About two or three, one of the other guys would show up. Then about four... <laughs> Four or five, they'd all be there. And so by the time they all got there, they said, so we should take a little break and go to the pub. And they'd all leave and uh, come back about 10 o'clock. Let's get kind of late. Let's knock off. And it was about four days or so. Finally, said, you guys, yeah. we got to go over these songs. And it, I'm glad I did because uh, they didn't remember them all. All right. Yeah, yeah. It was just no fair. It's fresh in my memory. I just listened to them. But, but it's just kind of funny. I thought it would be a different organization than it was. But yeah. I love UFO. Love those guys. It was uh, Andy Parker, Phil Mogg, of course, uh, Paul Chapman on guitar. Yeah. And uh, Neil Carter. Uh, yes, yeah. Great guys, yeah. wonderful guys. Uh, but again, they were in a kind of a state where they were kind of falling apart a little yeah. bit. It's tough business. You yeah. Know, you have to, I do understand. And uh, so we did, uh, we started in Poland. We were in Gdansk, Poland. Right. While it was still under Soviet rule. The night after... Lech Wałęsa got out of prison. Yeah. So the, there were Soviet tanks. Wow. This, there was a curfew, so the streets were completely empty at yeah. night. Yeah. And it was spooky and strange, and, uh, but amazing there I was in uh, in Poland. So we did those shows and uh, did Spain, France, Italy, bunch of places. Yeah. And it was yeah. an incredible experience. Yeah. And a uh, great honor to play with the amazing UFO. Yeah. And wonderful guys and. Uh, I've been in touch with him here and there. I hear from Paul Chapman once when I saw Pete, Pete Mogg uh, a, a while back. Yeah. And uh, I've always been a fan of uh, Pete Way, of course. Yeah. Phil Mogg, sorry. Yeah, Phil, yeah. Sorry. I got confused there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, uh, it was a great experience. Yeah. And so we, uh, it's, uh, I, I came back from that, got, went back to Talos, and we continued on from there. Yeah. And there, there was, but I remember uh, going to see, uh, Van Halen on the 1984, no, on the 1980 tour for Van Halen. Right, okay. Yeah. And uh, Michael Schenker's record was playing. Yeah. I, go, hey, I remember that, that song. <laughs> <laughs> then I had the demos that Michael had sent me of him singing. Right. Like uh, all these songs. Uh, it was it was charming. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's not a, you know, not a lead singer, but it was charming. He's just, them up. I lent them to a guy and never got them. Oh, a bit of history there, gone. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And of course, with that, uh, Phil's have just recently announced that he's, uh, he's finishing with UFO now, but he's saying that the other guys are currently in it. I think Andy Parker's still in it, Paul Raymond on keyboard, that they, they can continue if they want to, but I think uh, I think that's probably going to be the end of an era. With yeah, I just read what Phil said that he's going to yeah, probably stop playing. Indeed, yeah. He's got to be... Uh, 
70 maybe? Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. Yeah, definitely 70s without, yeah. without a shadow. Well, what a great voice and a great band and an iconic band that never really got their due. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and I know so many people that are just as huge UFO fans. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of them. So yeah. I, when they contact me to play with them, I was sort of honored. It was yeah. great, great. And of course, because it's always referenced as one of the sort of greatest live albums released, Strange in the oh, Night, no a live kidding. album. And Brilliant. Yeah, everybody, sort of, everybody knows of that yeah. one. Uh, well, uh, Billy, I shan't uh, take up any more of your time. Uh, I want to say thanks very much for uh, taking the time out to... My uh, pleasure, to Steve. Thanks AFM. for taking your time. Are you going to be at the show tonight? Oh, but, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it. I've seen you in uh, various guises over the years, even sort of uh, the early Mr. Big days. Thanks very much for Thank joining. you very much. Appreciate it. All right, man.